Hey, Spencer here. Before we get started, we have set up a Patreon page so that you guys can hopefully support us and keep us uh, making podcasts and delivering cool, fun content for you guys. So if you would go over to patreon.com slash whatifpodcast, check it out. We got a few different uh, levels that you guys can contribute at and a few different rewards that correlate to those levels. So we're going to be doing some extra episodes. We're going to be doing some video content. Um, if you contribute $10 a month, we've got a sweet what if enamel coffee mug that we did a very limited run of um, and that is exclusively for Patreon contributors. So please go over to What If Podcast on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash whatifpodcast. And if you could throw us a couple bucks, it would help us keep the mics on and keep delivering you guys great content every week. Cool. Let's start the show. Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. This is the What If Podcast. Hey. Hi, Spencer. Hey. How are you today? Hey. Hi. I'm doing good, man. Was that the dip set, eh? Hi. No, but it should have been. Okay. Fucking dip set. Ooh, that'll be quite some dip set drops for next week. <laughs> yes, we shall. Yes, we shall. We'll get the A-Rap music just scream that he puts yeah, in all his beats, definitely. too. definitely. Scare the shit out of people. <laughs> um, dude, what? what's going on? It's been, uh, I was trying to learn about oceans, and then I just got off on this, like... <laughs> Antarctica is fucking weird as fuck tangent, <laughs> and no one knows anything about what's going on down there. All right. And it's super old, and we need to do an episode about Antarctica. It okay. was my conclusion. That's um, not what we're doing today. We're no, doing what if, what if you map the oceans, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yes. What if you mapped the oceans? What if you mapped the oceans? Yeah. Um, but, uh... Just real quick. Yeah, man. Antarctica is... Sidebar. Antarctica. Yeah, starting with a tangent. Antarctica is fucking weird as balls. What was the specific connection that got you from oceans to Antarctica? Just that, like, there are oceans around Antarctica? It's surrounded by them, and I figured, if anywhere, that would be where we would know the least about the oceans. Sure, because it's the least accessible. Most of what we know about the oceans has been mapped by ships, and ships don't go to Antarctica very often, if ever. Okay. Sixth largest lake in the world by volume is underneath Antarctica. What? Mm, so, ah, man, I was about to ask one of the dumber questions I've ever asked on this podcast, and I've asked some doozies. Show me what you got. <laughs> I was just going to say, isn't Antarctica just a giant block of ice? <laughs> the answer is no. Okay. <laughs> So it is a landmass. There, there is land. Okay. With a lot of ice attached to it. But it is mostly frozen? Uh, I don't know what the ratio is, but okay. there's definitely a, a continent there that's not just ice. Okay. Um, But so there's a sheet of ice, the East Antarctic ice sheet. Yes. That is at an elevation of 11,000 feet. So what is that? Two and some miles? Yep. 13,000 feet below that, so almost three miles below it, there is a lake 500 meters below sea level. How do we even know that? Because we've drilled down to it. We've drilled down 13,000 feet? Yeah. People have drilled into the earth way farther than three miles. I but, guess. Dude, it is the, it's larger than Lake Michigan, 
and it's entirely under a sheet of ice in Antarctica. It's called uh, Vos- Lake Vostok, by the way. I guess I never said that. Damn. Um, and it's probably been isolated, as in there's consistently been ice over the top of it for 15 to 20 million years. Okay. It's had its own ecosystem the size of Lake Michigan for 15 to 20 million years. How quickly is global warming going to fuck that up? I don't know, but they're going to be fucking dinosaurs crawling out of it when it does. God, I hope so. Actually, I don't and, because this is what I, this is. Remember when we talked about Enceladus that time? Yeah. This is the same thing that scares me about Enceladus is like, do we not know that some crazy viral disease has been frozen right. down there with like some dead fish dinosaur? And as soon dead as that shit, <laughs> and as soon as that motherfucker comes to the surface, dude, wait, wait, wait. Can dead fish dinosaur be another band name? Yes. Hey, Grim, if you're still listening, hit us back, bro. I hit you on Twitter. Uh, this Serbian designer named Grim wants to design a band t-shirt for us for Robot Grandma. Yeah, we got another one for you. Uh, dead, 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 dead fish disaster, what'd dead, you say? <laughs> dead fish disaster is pretty good too. Dead fish dinosaur. There we go. A dead fish dinosaur with a crazy viral disease that has been frozen under the surfaces. They're going to bring it back to some That band like, name is too long. We got to <laughs> shorten that down. They're going to come examine it and be like, oh, I wonder what's in this fish. And it's going to be like, oops, the plague that wipes out everybody is what it's well, going to be. Only one way to find out, I guess. Yeah, I guess you got to drill down a couple miles. Yeah, into Antarctica the... is fucking weird. There are a bunch of like military bases that have been made and abandoned, and it's yeah. I'm into it. What the fuck is going on on Antarctica? We'll call that a coming soon. Yeah, we'll call that an intro to an, an episode. We should do a spinoff and say the, the "What If" podcast, just the "What the Fuck" podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that already exists. <laughs> what is it? WTF, Mark Barron? Uh, well, the... you know. <laughs> How about what the fuck is up with? Yeah, that's probably good. Shout out to LaCroix, by the way. Shout out to LaCroix. Give us your money. Yeah. We we noticed you guys don't advertise on anything, and maybe that's just because everyone drinks LaCroix, but it's a tasty beverage. Um all right. So before oceans. we get started oh, with mapping right. oceans, we have one Not more oceans. sidebar. Well, we two if you count the other one. We wanted to talk about a quick bit of news. Some of you may have seen uh in the news this week that uh Notorious hacker group Anonymous. Notorious goofy asses Anonymous. <laughs> with their notorious mask wearing neckbeards Anonymous. With their with their same uh, same footage new audio robot every time. Fucking looped a gif and put a robot voice over it. Robot grandma reading about how NASA and like. What the, wait? Let's sorry. say what they go, announced yeah, yeah, first. Go ahead. Go ahead. What they said is that. Uh, they believe they've obtained a leak that says that NASA is preparing to announce the existence of alien life. Now, speaking of Enceladus... You want you want to make a bet? Yeah. I bet uh, they don't. Can we bet Anonymous some Bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> that that's not going to happen? <laughs> but they are saying that the announcement would come with evidence of crashing... Uh, I think it's like crashing a sensor or a satellite into Enceladus. Uh, isn't Europa first? I can't remember. I don't know. That's also not scheduled for like another few years. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, Anonymous is... Spencer and I are both very skeptical that we will be getting a NASA announcement about alien life anytime soon. As much as I know both Spencer and I would really be psyched if that happened. Just like they try and make it sound so important and ominous and like... Why, why do you need creepy music in the back of your video? 
Why it do you, makes it more believable. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Why do you need to say National Aeronautics and Space Administration instead of saying NASA? Like, shut sounds, the fuck up. Sounds more important. Yeah, because none of it is actually important. And somebody probably just started a YouTube channel called Anonymous so they could get 800 million subscribers and loop the same stupid fucking footage that they put on every one of their videos. Some of it's confirmed as in, like, like some of the things are related to some of their other activity and stuff but yeah that's a pretty good way to get eight hundred thousand views and make like 10 grand on youtube video ads quick is say aliens are real we have proof <laughs> all right we're guys. not gonna tell you what the proof is but we're gonna say a lot of meaningless bullshit and make it sound scary right um, all right so yeah uh aliens are real according to there anonymous you go, guys. <laughs> settled well podcast is over <laughs> for for all of our sakes yeah you don't need any proof or anything. Some guy in a I mask said here. so. It's real. Uh, Spencer and I will keep our um, we'll keep our eyes peeled. And we'll let you guys know if we hear anything. Um, also, this week, a quick bit of news before we get into oceans. Before we dive into oceans, don't. I thought we were safe because Mason hadn't been here in a while. Also, this week, uh, we learned that robots <laughs> can talk to each other. Yeah. Uh, not just talk to each other, but invent their own weird language. Robot language. Can dialect. you? Can you? I guess it's a dialect because it's based on English. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I guess that's true. Actually, can you pull up the uh, the snippet that you texted so, me when yeah, we first started talking about this? Yeah, I'm not sure if we're talking about the exact same one because I think this happened multiple times yeah well that was one of the reasons that spencer and i wanted to talk about this because there was a i believe facebook no what was the one of them it was facebook okay so one happened at facebook and one happened at i think it was like a stanford research lab and there was two separate studies where a similar thing happened within a few months of each other the one the one i was reading about was facebook is trying to develop chat bots i'm not exactly sure for what reason i would assume for like support and they're also automating a lot of their messenger stuff right now like brands can have like automated responses to engage with people who try to like engage with their brands and stuff like that so obviously the goal is to have it be indistinguishable from chatting with a human yeah what is that rule called again the turing that test yeah um which basically means that a, a bot would be indistinguishable from a person for like whatever, 90% of the population or something. Yeah. Um, But Facebook decided in order to speed up this process and have them develop more quickly and to kind of test how well they could make decisions about things, they would allow the chatbots to interact directly with each other. Yeah. I'm not sure on a technical level exactly what that consists of, but they said that it led, that quote, led to divergence from human language as the agents developed their own language for negotiating. Note, however, that this divergence may not necessarily correspond to lower quality language. It may also indicate different strategic decisions about what to say. So one hypothesis is that they're actually developing a more efficient way of communicating with each other. But the researchers aren't able to at Facebook aren't able to figure out what they're actually communicating or if they're actually communicating. And it the, it kind of comes out as just nonsense. Like I'm going <laughs> to briefly read a transcript. Please do. Of two chatbots named Bob and Alice talking to each other. Of course they are. 
Bob says, I can I I everything else. Alice responds, balls have zero to me, to me, to me, to me, to me, to me. <laughs> Bob says, you I everything else. <laughs> Alice says, balls have a ball to me, to me, to me, to me. To which Bob responds, I, I, can, I, 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 everything else. And it goes back and forth for a while. Oh, man. I think it's a bit of a stretch to say that they're developing more efficient or like some sort of hyper language because it doesn't really seem to be accomplishing much. Well, so here's the thing about that, though. There's a sentence in another one of the articles that I read that freaked me right the fuck out. And I don't exactly know how this fits into some of the language invention stuff. But one of the quotes I found in another article related to this is actually also about the Facebook one said, over time, the bots became quite skilled at language and even began feigning interest in an item in order to sacrifice it at a later stage in negotiation as a faux compromise. Whoa. Okay. Again, <laughs> I don't fully understand how that works practically. Right. But the fact that that could be a takeaway from that's, them. That's less about language and more about strategy or I guess it depends on how they were negotiating that but right I I would say I would say both things separately terrified me equally as much that a robot would be capable of feigning interest in something to sacrifice it later one more thing about the the language itself um, that interaction that I read part of that sounds like total nonsense right both chatbots registered that as a quote successful interaction. Oh. Or a cool. successful negotiation. Oh, cool. So they both felt like they had accomplished what they were supposed to accomplish. Got it. But to the researchers, <laughs> it looks like total nonsense. Hey teacher, we're done here. <laughs> we we got, completed no, your assignment. We, we got the right answer. Show your work. Well, balls have to me, balls, balls, <laughs> I, 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 balls. Nailed it. <laughs> so I and dismount. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you trust the computers, they said that that was a meaningful, successful interaction. They got what they needed. Mm-hmm. Man, I, uh, I'm, I'm always reminded of, and I don't know who said this originally. It's actually speaking of our, one of our more recent episodes, I think it might've even been Kurzweil related, but the whole thing about how, like when the singularity kicks on, it's going to happen a lot faster than everybody imagines it will. That might've been it right there. These are always like the moments <laughs> that I feel like, are we going to point to this moment where we were like, ha ha, isn't that crazy? They could feign interest in something so they could compromise later. Like, isn't that crazy Facebook? And then tomorrow and then humans are obsolete. Six months from now, we're like, oh God, no, <laughs> no. My car is trying to fucking strangle me. You're like, like heat me to death. <laughs> like that happens so fast. That escalated quickly. Yeah, well, maybe that robot saying balls 15 times was the uh, the tipping point. Yeah, man. We may never know. We may never know. Um all right, so a couple those were a couple quick updates. Um let's go ahead and take a quick break. We're we're going to throw things on pause and when we come back, we're going to talk about weird Ocean aliens and deep colossal sea dives squids. and colossal squids. colossal squids and James Cameron and all kinds of delightful things when we come back on the What If podcast with What If We Mapped the Oceans. We'll see you soon.
to hear from you, send us a message, email hi, that's hi, at whatifpodcast.com. So we're talking about oceans today, and balls have to me, I, I, I to me, balls have zero to me, to me. Successful negotiation. <laughs> and we're done. And we completed an episode. Um, yeah, oceans, they're fucking weird. Why? Okay, so I'm pretty sure you were the first one to originally pitch this. Do you remember what triggered it for you when you were like, bro, the oceans are weird, we should talk I about them? started thinking about the oceans one day and <laughs> how fucking weird they are. They All are, right, let me, let me break down just how weird the oceans are. Please do. Uh, we're going to start from like least weird to most weird. All right. I love it. 70, <laughs> 70% of the earth is ocean. I feel like inherently we all kind of realize that, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of an overwhelming number when you look at it. More overwhelming is that 99% of the livable space on the planet is in the ocean. I have to think about that. Oh, is that because all, wait, 99% of the livable space, mm-hmm. is that because basically all of the ocean is inhabitable by some creature or another? Is habitable. What did I say? Inhabitable. Isn't that the same thing? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, yes. There, volume-wise, it's much more. And right. there are parts of... Oh, right, because oh, right, it's not flat. And there are parts of Earth that nothing really... Like the surface that nothing really lives on, Damn. such as Antarctica. I had to think about that ice. really hard, but I totally get it now. We have a lot more vertical of, volume. Yeah, 99% of all life on the planet is in the oceans. And we just treat it like a fucking dumpster. God, we're terrible. Yeah. Um, the ocean is also really, really fucking deep. 35,797 feet deep is the deepest part of the ocean, which is roughly, what, six and some miles deep? Yeah, almost seven miles. Deeper than, by over a mile deeper than the tallest point on the surface of the Earth. Say that again. So Mount Everest, yep. tallest point on Earth, yep. is like... 29 or something thousand so six miles up but we go seven plus down yeah wow is that and is that the deepest part in the ocean or is that that is the bottom of the mariana trench which as far as we know is the deepest part of the ocean but we might not know three thousand two hundred and eighty feet down is the deepest that sunlight can penetrate 3,280 which means that there is roughly 33,000 feet of that depth that is totally dark and yet stuff lives down there lots and lots of stuff lives down there in total darkness it's it creeps me out yeah dude it's really fucking scary uh, I'll tell you when we get into the James Cameron stuff I'll tell you how freaked out I got there is a whale that dove down to 9,800 feet 9,008. Is that just because we have tracking tags on it? So we know like how far away it is? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. Um, 9,000 feet underwater. At the bottom of the ocean floor, or on the ocean floor, the surrounding pressure is roughly 380 times what it is on the surface of the Earth. Wouldn't it, like, as, I like, you'd be crushed, right? Within seconds, yeah. 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 Like, Which is crazy, though. There are animals that can live down there. And yeah, have, that that pressure is not 
I mean, murderous to them. Which I was wondering if you then brought an animal like that further up, like, do they have a limit to how far up in the ocean they can go before they explode? Do they have pressure exerting the other way somehow? That's a really good question. Like, do they just That's probably a really dumb science question. No, dude. I if you take a fish from the, the same thing. If you take a fish from the bottom of the ocean and bring it up to like three thousand feet, does it just explode? <laughs> oh damn! It's like Kirby's Dreamland, like <laughs> like puffing up with air, and then it just blows up when it gets yeah. off the surface. Um, I mean, I think that's a reasonable question. If that much pressure is being exerted on something, and you remove three hundred times that pressure, dude, what the, happens to that being's body? The pressure on the ocean floor at thirty plus thousand feet deep is three tons per square centimeter. Buff. Yeah, that doesn't seem possible. Maybe maybe our whole, like, this is also going to sound mad dumb, but, like, if you bring something down there, how come it doesn't get crushed? Or does it get crushed? Well, the only things that have been down there are specifically designed to, to not go down get there. crushed? Yeah. Like, Could- uh... <clears throat> the dude, the first dude to go to the bottom of, of uh, Mariana Trench guy named Jacques Picard, not Jean-Luc Picard, No, Jacques Picard. What was that expedition called? It had a cool name. Uh, The Challenger Deep mission. Yes. Yeah. Um, He, actually, his dad invented the the thing that they traveled to the bottom of the ocean in called a bathyscaph. (laughs) Uh I think that actually was the word I was looking for. Okay. Um, Which he named the Triste... Not what I would name my thing that's going to the bottom of the ocean, but that's on you. For those of you who don't know, that means sad in yes. Spanish. <laughs> so would have chosen a different name, but it worked out for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they went down to uh, 35,800 feet. Damn! The descent took five hours. Uh, they carried no scientific equipment with them and did no experiments. They just went down there to prove that you could go down there. Oh, was it like a push to get more funding and shit? Uh, I think he just wanted to do it. Sure. Um, I do feel like the more I read up about this, the dudes that are doing it are largely doing it to be like, like for a lot of them, it's similar to going to the moon. It's like there are, fewer, there are fewer people who have been on the ocean floor than on the moon. Right. Like and for them. Well, they, in, in areas that deep, at least. The deepest parts. Yeah. Right. But, like, for the dudes that really want to do it, they're like, no, I'm fucking exploring in the exact same way that you are when you go to the moon. Because we know. Okay. Yeah. that Those stats that get thrown around all the time about, like, we know more about the surface of Mars than the bottom of the ocean. I found some actual, like, good information about that. Because yeah. I assumed that that was either partially true or not true. Or Yeah. I mean, I get it at least where it comes from in that, like, we have visual evidence and samples from multiple parts of the moon because we've flown shit around it and it's lit up at some point in all parts. Like I get where at least conceptually where that comes from. So basically it's really hard to map the ocean floor because you have to use something that can penetrate through the water. They use like sonar, right? So sonar has been used for most of the like uh, precise mapping that we've done so far. But that has to be done from on board a ship. Right. So the really detailed mapping that we've done has all been along, like, trade routes, basically. And I read something. that really detailed mapping has only been done 
on 0.05% of the ocean floor. Oh, Jesus. We have, however, mapped the entire ocean floor to a resolution of about five kilometers, which means that anything larger than five kilometers would show up, but it would be like a pixel. So anything like (laughs) shipwrecks, planes, (coughs) anything smaller than five kilometers across isn't going to show up, which is, so you can see like major geologic, you know, you can see mountain ranges and you can see canyons and stuff. Right. But anything smaller than that isn't going to show up. So where the the stat about having mapped other planets better, NASA mapped Venus, the surface of Venus, 98% of it to a resolution of 100 meters. Oh, Jesus. Mars has been mapped at a resolution, at the same resolution. Um, the entire surface has been mapped at 100 meters resolution. And 60% of it has now been mapped at a resolution of about 20 meters. God damn. Um, and the moon has, the entire surface of the moon has been mapped to seven meter resolution. So we know the entire surface of the moon down to seven meters across. And we know 0.05 of the ocean to whatever resolution that was. And that's only 100 meters. That's the best that sonar aboard a ship can do. Wow. I'm so surprised. It's actually that stat is like pretty accurate. Really true. Yeah. yeah. I'm almost surprised that, that something hasn't been done to like speaking of AI to like send some robotic sub down and just be like, all right, you're gonna you're gonna Roomba <laughs> you're gonna Roomba the ocean floor. That, that has for been like done years. It has been done, but it's crazy expensive because you have to build something that can right. sustain or that can handle tons of pressure per cubic centimeter. And then it's still a huge, huge area. It's like if you tried to map the entire surface of the earth, it would take forever. Right. But it has been done. Uh, There was one, this was in the late nineties. I think there was a, an unmanned submersible. Sure. So a a robot submarine basically that, um, was sent to it was somewhere near Mariana Trench down to the, the ocean floor. And while it was down there, collected over 350 previously undiscovered species. <laughs> One sub found 350 species of, I, I don't know if it was, you know, if that's counting like bacteria and everything. Microbials. 350 things that we didn't know existed before it went down there. And that was in like, a square mile yeah, or something been that yeah. big, right? Yeah, that's um, that's another one that I feel like is so crazy when we talk about like what if we could actually map it. Like, I feel like every time we go down, we find we find all kinds of stuff, right? Um, I feel like we find all kinds of stuff. We find organic shit we find biological shit we find crazy rock formations we find like i have a list here we can go through in a minute but it's like sometimes we f- we send 
submersibles down not knowing what we'll find and like one time they found the rocket engines from the Apollo 11 mission that had never been recovered <laughs> and it was literally not sent down to find that it was just like oh shit we're exploring a random area well, of the ocean and they found one of the rocket boosters that's the thing we know so little about that you don't even know where to start looking because you don't know what's down there anywhere you might as well just drop something in randomly and be like Here's as good a place to start as any. Right. And that actually came up, too, in the stuff that I was researching about the whole Malaysian Airlines crash and about how when that plane went down, everyone was like, how can you not find a fucking plane? Like, they got there 24 out. Like, how is shit not floating? Or how are they not, like, you know, how, like, I know, I would think I was one of those people. I was like, how the fuck... Can't you find anything from that plane? Like, you have right. no evidence. Once If it sinks, it's over. Right. It's like, you don't know where that shit goes down, or you don't know, like, I mean, I know we know a lot about the, like, the currents under the ocean, but we don't know enough Do to we? know. Yeah. I mean, we don't know enough to know, I think, like, the very, very broad picture of if you drop something here, where does it end up? Well, and you don't even, in that case, you don't even know where it was dropped. Right. I mean, I they guess, had a targeted but, area, but yeah, exactly. No, there. In terms of stuff that's hanging out on the bottom of the ocean, I mean, s planes, ships, animals. I mean, there's got to be a whole fossil record that we have never had access to. Yeah, and I think uh, there's actually. Let me now is a good time for me to pull up that list of cool shit that we found in the bottom of the ocean, because it excites me about the prospect of what we would find if we kept going yeah. i mean if we could get down to a higher resolution of things um this isn't an ocean but it i was reminded of it with the one that you said um in 1985 off of the coast of new jersey <clears throat> dating back to what they believe is the 1850s there is a graveyard of locomotives so like actual train engine locomotives they call it a graveyard. Pardon? Yeah. And there's no known record of why they would be in that location. So some people suspect that they fell off a barge that was like trucking them mm. from Michigan to somewhere or from or, somewhere or, to Michigan. Wait, shipping them? Yeah. Got it. What did I say? Trucking. Oh, ocean trucking. <laughs> shipping. Call those ships. <laughs> Truck in the ocean, <laughs> boys. Those old ocean trucks. As islands are just truck water, stops, water trucks. <laughs> water trucks. Um, yeah, so shipping shipping these things back and forth from somewhere to somewhere else. But they think uh, they either fell off like when a boat capsized or also potentially um, that they were deliberately thrown off a ship that was sinking. So if they were in like rocky waves, they were like, fuck it, cut them loose. I'm not going down I, with the locomotives. I found a Reddit thread about... Uh, the weirdest shit people have seen at sea. Oh, sweet! And oh boy! And one of the better that could probably be its own episode too. Yeah, huh? one of them was uh, this guy saw an entire herd of cattle floating across the ocean. Nah. -uh. Mm hmm. Dead or alive? Uh, it looks like dead. Ew. And other people chimed in with like, "Oh yeah, I saw a goat in the middle of the ocean," or "I saw a horse," what? or. And then somebody eventually came in and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, people ship livestock. And rather than having livestock arrive dead or sick or injured, they'll just like 
toss them overboard so, and say, this is how many we had. Oh. And then sometimes other ships will just see a bunch of farm animals floating in the middle of the Pacific. Yikes. So the best guess was somebody had a bunch of sick animals that they didn't want to deliver to whoever they were supposed to li- to deliver them to and just, and just uh, kicked, them, kicked off. them off the side of the boat. Damn, that's fucked up. Yep. A great white shark had a super, super delicious dinner that night. Yeah. Oi, bro. That's, um... That would be weird as fuck, though. You're you're, in, like, yeah. you're thousands of miles from land, and you For see a sure. floating herd of cattle. I feel like I would presume that, like, the world was ending or something. Like, oh, there's a plague of floating cows! Or, or if you're standing, like, on the deck of a ship and just hear a goat in the distance. Oh, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yeah, we're shit on the ocean. What crazy. Um, okay, cows. so... Herd of cows. Yeah, right. Well... What is this bone? I'm pretty sure that's a cow femur. <laughs> um, okay, so in 2001, uh, in the, let's see, it's off of the coast of India. Okay. Uh, it's called the Gulf of Cambay. Um, they, Sounds like a place. Yeah, right. Um, they believe that it is the world's oldest city. Um in 2001, archaeologists found artifacts such as sculpture, human remains, artwork, and even wooden furniture, one piece of which is estimated to be at least 9,500 years old. Wooden furniture, 9,500 years old? That's what it says. How the hell does that work? I don't know, man. Um, okay. So. Under, underwater cities is a whole, whole other ballgame that. I don't know if we really want to get into because there's there's the one off the coast of Japan too. Yep, um, an ancient city sunk by an. Oh, just kidding. Write your articles better. Don't describe Atlantis <laughs> in the middle of your article about Japan. Um, but yeah, they found a bunch of structures and sculptures and shit buried off the coast of Japan. Right. Uh, about 75 miles or so. And granted, which like, <clears throat> ha, the coastline of Japan used, used to extend 75 miles farther than it does now. Yeah. Like that doesn't seem possible. Yeah, that does seem interesting. And like, granted, what we are talking about is at least somewhere near coastline. Like, I don't think either of us are inferring that we're going to be in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and find a city. But, but we haven't looked either. <laughs> Most of the stuff we know about the ocean is near coasts. We don't know. I mean, that's true. There There's, could definitely be islands that have come and gone over the years. Definitely. Uh, there's, um, have you heard about the Baltic Sea anomaly? I have. Yeah, that's- You mean a, the Millennium Falcon? That's another good one. Uh-huh. That is uh, most likely a rock that is shaped- Sort of like a UFO hiding out at the bottom of the ocean. There are, I would say there are some interestingly like suspicious straight lines that like run through and around it, but also a lot of scientists and archaeologists will say that like limestone breaks in straight lines right. and it's obviously patterned in straight lines sometimes. So it's With not. The, the Baltic Sea thing, people have said that they've had issues with electronic equipment near oh, it too, interesting. which. Who knows? Could be coincidence. Bermuda Triangle. Hey. There's that. Look up the Baltic Sea Anomaly if you want just a goofy picture of something. 
I feel like a lot of people have photoshopped that to be more. It's like, it's like the ocean equivalent of the the face on Mars and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. like structures on the moon yeah, and all yeah, that shit for sure. That I don't really give any credit to. Absolutely. Um, Although the uh, the one X Files episode about the face on Mars is brilliant. Ooh, yeah, the guy gets possessed by it. Should we start a whole new? Oh, really? Yeah, it's, oh, it's awesome. Possessed by the face. It's like the second or third ever episode of the X Files. It's brilliant. I think um, we could start a whole new segment of me getting roasted for TV I haven't seen either, <laughs> which would start with the X Files. You've never watched it? Um, it's not on Netflix anymore. Oh, that's kind of soft. I actually was gonna start watching it, being like, "You guys should go." Uh, Give us some money on Patreon so that we can buy the entire uh, the entire box set of the X Files, so Ryan can catch up. And I'll just be—it'll be like episode fifty-six, and I'll be like, "Bro, did you see episode thirty-four of season two of the X Files?" And you'll be like, "Yeah, bro. Yeah, like so did everyone seven, else in nineteen ninety-eight." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, we did do that. Uh, side note: we yeah. we started a Patreon. If you, um, you want to find us. I'm sure you can just search uh, What If Podcast on Patreon. Or if you scroll down a little bit, I'll put a link to it uh, right below this. Yeah. Um, we're still putting the nuts and bolts together, so it's not going to be perfect when you see it, but it'll be... Uh, oh, it'll be perfect. It'll be. <laughs> I got 24 hours. It'll be perfect. Uh, it'll be something. And um, yeah, it's, a few of you have suggested and requested, and so thanks for doing that one, and uh, thanks to anybody else who wants to, to kick in. We'll put your money to good use, like... Catching Ryan up on the X Files. Yeah, yeah, it's, definitely. Uh, it's patreon.com slash what if podcast. So should be easy to find. Sweet. Um, no, I, I agree with you about like the face on the moon stuff and, and all that. Um, but I do think it is definitely interesting, like the shapes and formations and animals and cities and boxcar fucking graveyards. And like, yeah. there are so many things that we just lose in the fucking dark, opaque, deep, inaccessible vastness of the ocean that is crazy and cool and terrifying and seems almost kind of also like insurmountable in a way. And if you think, you know, our, our current record of civilization goes back, what, a few thousand years? Sure. Uh, maybe I'm bad at history. I mean, 10 more or... than that, but not a ton more than that. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. However long ago, the Egyptians started doing stuff. Uh, that's probably wrong too. Whatever, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> but like, if we we look at you know where some people think we're headed now with climate change and looking at likely having some coastlines change and right. uh, flooding and you know we've also you hear about all the time how that's likely cyclical and we're maybe just expediting what was probably going to happen eventually anyway. Right. Uh, and then you think about how. The planet is billions of years old. You know, why couldn't there have been civilizations that just got wiped out? And if they were, if there were records of them in the oceans, we would never have any idea unless we stumbled across it. Right. And even then it would be really hard to excavate and do anything about it and learn anything from it. Right. Especially depending on how long it had been down there. Do you think, do you think the planet will go in reverse where like, with global warming, all the icebergs will melt and all the water will rise and then it will start burning off all the water because it'll be so hot that everything will just continue to recede again. 
and then eventually we'll be able to go 75 miles off the coast of Japan to go visit Oh, that you're city. saying we'll go even further in the other direction? Yeah, because it'll get so hot that it'll burn off all the liquid. Uh, I don't know. I think they're... I sure hope not. <laughs> I, I don't think we, like, every culture and religion has flood myths for no reason, though. Yeah, that's real. I think there's probably something to that. Other than maybe just we're naturally scared of water because there's a lot of it and it kills us if we go in it. It's true. We're not very good about mm -hmm. doing that for a long time. There's really big stuff out there, too. That is uh, an angle of this that we won't have time for today, but I was kind of wanted to be like do the whole what if we lived in the oceans thing or on the oceans or around the oceans thing. Uh, the span of recorded history is roughly 5,000 years. Oh, cool. I was right in the middle so of that. So you were right in the middle of that. I think I said two and then I said ten. I think so. it says the earliest chronologies date back to the two earliest civilizations, the ancient Sumerians of Mesopotamia uh, and the yeah. early dynastic period of Egypt, which emerged yeah. independently of each other from roughly 3500 BC. Look at that. I even kind of got one of the right cultures, too. Forgot about the Sumerians. I should know better. Hey, it's okay. That's we're, like, that's we're the, getting better all the time. The Sumerian culture is the genesis of all the ancient alien shit. Right. Right, yes, They totally. had the first written language and interacted with the Anunnaki. And moved big blocks of yeah, shit. with their minds with or their something. Minds. Or with their alien <laughs> or hands. With their or, alien rays. Yeah. Um, dope. All right, well, so I guess we've very thoroughly covered uh, what we wish we could find or what possibly gets found at the bottom. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break here, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about James Cameron. Mm. Uh, and we're going to talk seen a little Titanic? bit. Seen <laughs> Titanic? Uh, I have seen Titanic. All right, cool. Uh, I saw it for the first time like two years ago. Did you? Yeah. It's not okay. very good. <laughs> I, you say it's not very good? <laughs> not if you watch it when you're 30 in 2016. When did that movie come out? I think I saw the, it must have been the 20-year re-release. I went and saw it in the theater. Okay. So probably, it probably came out in like 94. Five or ninety six or something. Okay, so I saw it like Ty, Ty Tent. Jesus Christ! Bro, I think I just had a stroke. <laughs> bro, you struggling with how to spell Titanic right now? I just spelled. Did I just, you go T Y? Tell me you went T Y. No, I went T I T A N. Everything's going great so I far. Said, we're almost home. T I C Titanic. Titan Titanic. I spent too much Ti time learning about Antarctica. Ti Titanic. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Okay. So I saw that movie when I was like 11, and I remember two very specific things. One of which was my mother or father, I don't know which one, covering my eyes. I was going to say, was the first one boobies? In the nudity scene, okay. yep. And then I remember, and bro, like being legitimately traumatized by the scene where the ship's going down and they lock the people in the lower oh, yeah. parts and like the water is like coming up and that you can like see them start to drown as an 11 year old dude. That scene was so fucking traumatizing, mm -hmm. especially because later I like asked a teacher about it and they were like, Oh no, that really happened. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. Oh God. I remember I, just crying like a child. And well, I was a child, I guess I was fucking 11. Well, uh, yeah, we, we're going to take a break and start, start talking <laughs> about Titanic. Cameron, <laughs> who gave me that traumatic moment. Uh, yeah, I guess we're going to talk about Titanic when we come back. Uh, we're not, we're, but we are going to talk about James Cameron and uh, a, a different journey to the bottom of the sea that doesn't involve hitting an iceberg. Uh, we'll be right back in a second. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> Tell us, tell us about James Cameron. <laughs> oh, 
man. Shouts out to that guy for playing a recorder. What a what a beast. <laughs> hey, let me tell my story. I have a story about James Cameron. Hey, let me tell my story. <laughs> you can insert that every time. Maybe. Um, I, I realized I hadn't played it yet, and it's a great drop that I found on a Bigfoot video from Goodwill today. Uh Support uh, support us on Patreon, and we're thinking about doing giveaways of some of the weird <laughs> shit that we buy in order to make this podcast, which includes some very strange books that Bo Spencer and I have bought, as well as some wild VHSs. Uh-huh. Um, I found out that the Goodwill outlet sells VHS tapes by the pound. What? I, like... For 29 cents a pound, I believe. I don't even have words for how phenomenal that measurement of Dude, you vending gotta, items is. You got to go there sometime. And if your city has one, you also need to go there. There are just bins of stuff all over the store that are not organized in any way. Sure. They're very loosely organized as clothes or not clothes. Okay. Okay. Other than that, it's just a fucking free for all. And you grab a cart and you fill it with whatever you want to fill it with. And you bring it up to the counter or the register, and the register is just a scale. And you put your shit on the scale. Awesome. And then they tell you an absurdly low price, <laughs> and then you give them that money, and then you leave. And I grabbed probably 15 cassettes today. Which and includes- I think, I think it was $1.29. Oh, phenomenal. Which I know that's an item that no one really wants, and like people would probably give me- VHS tapes if I asked but we do but they also have stuff that you might actually want do they though because yeah. my 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 initial thought is that a Goodwill outlet is like the stuff from all the other Goodwills that they could never sell so they brought it to here yeah <laughs> that's what it is but that doesn't mean that there's not I mean most of it is most of it is junk oh. but there's definitely good stuff mixed in and yeah you leave the junk and you wash your hands when you leave and yeah probably you once in a while, find some cool shit. Do they have like, um, I wonder, uh, probably not. I was going to say, do they have like cool, like old pots and pans or like, yeah. do they? Yeah. Dude, Damn. there was, there was a decent turntable there that would have cost me 75 cents if oh, I needed shit. a fifth turntable. All right, guys. Goodwill. Goodwill outlet. Hey, also Spencer and I have spent enough money on shopgoodwill.com that Goodwill should totally sponsor this podcast. I don't think they do that. Advertising? Do they not? I guess they do. Holler at your local Goodwill and connect them with us if you... <laughs> I think I could probably handle that. Well, that's true. But yeah. We have a pretty good connection. Shout out to Goodwill. All right, shout out to Goodwill. Anyway, James Cameron. Every night in my dreams, I see James Cameron. No, I don't. But um, James Cameron did, in partnership with <laughs> both National Geographic and Rolex, made a 3D movie... About his journey to the bottom of the ocean. Rolex? Yeah. Because Dive, they're... Diving watches? Uh, it's loose. Don't. Yeah, I'm, right. not, I'm not... I'm done thinking about it. Yeah, Go I was going to say. Um, so basically what he wanted to do was... What was the name of the um, the mission that you referenced the first time? The... Uh, Operation Deep Dive? Fuck. Something. Yeah. The <laughs> Bathscape. Oh man, uh, Bathyscaphe, by the Bathyscaphe, way. Bathyscaphe, thank you. Um, Triste, yeah, the Bathyscaphe Triste. That's the one. That was in the like '60s, though. Yeah, that's the name of the ship. So that so Cameron wanted to beat their record. Was the there was the oh, purpose of his dive? I got you. I got you. So they had the record of going to the deepest for the longest. Dude, the, the article that I have about Cameron's journey totally roasts them. It says, it says. Uh, 
Before Cameron's historic dive, only three other vehicles had made the descent to the Challenger Deep, the world's deepest known point. In 1960, two men descended there in the Bathscaff Triste, a sub bigger than a bus. Once there, they spent only 20 minutes staring at a milky cloud of sediment before returning to the surface. I know it's like generally, yeah, it's I mean, generally, that is true. I know, but it was, it's like only 20 minutes staring at like their, their trip was fucking bullshit. Like it just <laughs> it seems, was 1960. Yeah. that's what I'm saying. They did. The a, guy made the thing himself that they were in. Exactly. And they could have been crushed to death. He didn't have that Rolex money. He had to make his own submarine. Exactly. Um, but long story short, Cameron apparently is a big explorer and has a bunch mm-hmm. of money himself. So he was like, I want to go and break the record and go to the bottom of the ocean. And part of it was also him sort of drawing attention to deep sea exploration as a concept, trying to raise more money for. Yeah, he's he's real big on that. Yeah, big on the ocean, ocean preservation, um, et cetera. He says something to the effect of, actually, I can get the real quote here. I've always dreamed of diving to the deepest place in the oceans. For me, it went from a boyhood fantasy to a real quest, like cr- like climbing Everest. As I learned more about deep ocean exploration and became an explorer in my real life, it was not driven by the need to set records, but by the same force that drives science and exploration, curiosity. So he just wanted to go do it. And uh, I think one of the most fascinating things about this whole trip is it highlights how insanely difficult it is to actually explore the bottom of the ocean um so they didn't and release you need rolex money to even just exactly. go down there and look around for a little bit this one uh this one adventure cost so there's a bunch of estimates but well over five million dollars to do just this one dive and what did they do exactly so cameron got into a brand new sub that uh instead of a horizontal bus sized uh ship like happened in the 60s mm-hmm. they did a vertical sub because so basically it's like an upright tube a vertical tube okay you know what i'm saying yeah i'm just they just flipped it on its side <laughs> kind of yes actually yes it but okay it but the reason that they did that was because part of the reason the dudes could only stay down there for 20 minutes was because it took so long for it to settle to the bottom of the ocean because it was taking up actually more space. So there, it had more uh, resistance. Resistance, thank you, pushing up on the bottom of it. So they were trying to mm. cut down on the resistance and weight it with motors to send it down. Okay. So he could actually spend more time in the bottom they of the ocean. It made it more aquadynamic. Yes. Well, wow. Jesus yeah. Christ. You like that one? Oh, man. I don't know if I could even continue my story now. <laughs> um, uh, so, okay. So a couple interesting facts. Cameron descended 35,787 feet, but his ears didn't pop a single time during the journey because the pressure inside of the metal sphere he traveled in stays constant the entire time. Right. Otherwise, you're fucked. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you die. Exactly. Uh, It is a two and a half inch thick steel sphere attached Seems like not enough at the bottom of the yeah right i would want more than that uh attached at the bottom of the submarine uh that is in total 43 inches wide whoa there was a, a quote i read from uh jacques picard yes who said his last thought before or like when they closed the door before he started descending was that there was a single bolt holding that door shut <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and then he's like eh. Pressure will keep it shut once we get down there, I guess. 
Oh, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, but if there's a hole or a leak anywhere, <laughs> right. that also means you're They're, fucked. They they heard a sound like half the way nope. down. Nope. Nope. That was their window cracking. Oh, man. <laughs> Which is part of the reason they only spent 20 minutes down there. I would have spent zero minutes mm-hmm. down there. Anyway. Holy shit. So Cameron made a tiny ball made that he... A- Went to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Water vapor from the pilot's breath and sweat condenses on the cold metal sphere where it drains into a space and is sucked into a plastic bag. Isn't that crazy? Wait, why? Uh, In an emergency, the pilot can drink it if he gets stuck under the ocean. Whoa. But they can't, they can't like put other shit in there because the weight is all like super, super, Hmm. uh, I don't know. Does that make sense? Um. This might answer your question about fish expansion or the lack thereof. Um, he saw an exploding fish. <laughs> no, Damn it. no, but there was a um, there was like a a beam of foam in the sub or like on the around the edges of the sub. A beam of foam, like a like a layer of of some sort of ocean foam between okay. the um, like the outer edge and the inner edge of the I don't know like whatever you would like insulation I guess like foam insulation. Oh, okay. In the process of going to the bottom and back up, it shrunk two and a half inches. Because it got compressed? Just from compression from the pressure all the way down. Makes sense. Um, Did it expand back or it was permanently That's a good question. It doesn't say. It just says that that it shrunk that much. So part of me wonders if it did that and then it stayed that way when it came back up because it had been compressed that hard. Yeah. Um, He was in there. He was in the 43-inch thing for a total of nine hours. Yeah. Which sounds super intense to me. Although I guess if if the pressure where you are is staying the same, I mean, you don't have to worry about decompression sickness or any of that stuff. You could descend as quickly as your vehicle would allow, right? Yeah, but the trip down still takes like two hours. Yeah. Or like three hours, I think. It was, it was five when they did it in 1960. Yeah. So I think it was like two or three hours down, and then it took like two hours back up, and that allowed him to be down there for like two or three hours, I think. So it was like three, okay. three, and three-ish around there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, they had a bunch of cameras, and they had a bunch of lights, and he was just down there like being kid in the sandbox, playing at the bottom of the ocean, get, trying to get a bunch of footage, which they eventually released into the 3D movie that they made about, 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 his, about his, his journey to the bottom. But yeah, man, $5 million, nine hours, and 43 inches. The dude took up yoga so that he could both fit in the sphere and be comfortable for the entire time. Why did time. it have to be that small? Um, I think, again, I think it has to do with, like, the size and weight, and if it's bigger, then the uh, the pressure affects it differently. Like, did, did he go down by himself? Only him. Damn. The whole way. Damn. And at a certain point, you, I don't think you can communicate with people anymore. Because there's no line of communication, is there? Uh, it I I didn't read up on this one, but I know with the uh, Bathyscaph tree stay, they, yeah, yeah. they had communication the whole time. So how would that, was it radio? I guess it was radio some sort of, yeah. Potentially do it? And they, they had a ship directly above them on the surface. Okay. Um, that they were able to maintain communication with all the way to the bottom. Word. I heard that in the future, they want to run fiber optic cables along with it. So if they can get seven miles worth of fiber optic going into the thing and just shoot it straight down, they can stream the video live back up to the surface and they can mm-hmm. communicate better, send a bunch more data, et cetera. So the, the cameras were obviously 
He had what robotic somethings connected yeah, to the. He the had ship. little like armed, like and little levers you've and like, shit. Every step of that has to be, like the cameras have to be encased in something that isn't going to be crushed too. Right. Right. Like everything right. ha- must have to be. Yeah, I don't have. Um, yeah, maintain see. a constant pressure inside of whatever the camera is housed in too. Yep. This says. Um, and all the robotic elements and. Yeah. Computers and everything. Every circuit board in the submarine's exterior electronics, over 1,500 of them, was both designed and built specifically for this one submarine. Yeah. The subs You'd four, have to. Yeah. The right. sub's four external cameras are a tenth the size of previous Deep Ocean HD cameras with housings designed by the team, and cameras themselves were created from scratch from the sensor up. Yeah. It's pretty wild. But well, again- I mean, that's how you get to spending $5 million, too. Right. But I think it's just fascinating how how much it takes to get three hours on the bottom of the for ocean one floor person. for one person to be able to do that. And they weren't doing any sort of scientific exploration. It was just look around and document it. Yeah, I think they I think they got some samples of stuff, but yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like part of some bigger initiative to drill right. or I'm saying for you'd have to go through that same process for any additional instruments that you brought down there with you. Right. Yes. Which would be Hugely expensive. Oh my god! And they covered a, a what? A surface area of. It doesn't say, but it wasn't much. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Square. No, I don't have square it. meters yeah. rather than miles, probably. Um, one thing I thought was super cool. So, in order to get back up, the way that he goes down is through a bunch of weights, right? And then to come back up, they basically uh, they can cut the weights um, to go back up. The, okay. Hang on, where is this? Dude, the ocean floor is 140 million square miles. <laughs> what the hell? That's amazing. That's not a real number. It doesn't sound like one. Okay, so, um, yeah, okay, so there's 1,100 pounds of weight that's pulling him down to the bottom of the ocean, and he has a trigger that he can command to let go of the 1,100 pounds that brought him down that will then, the pressure of the... The, oh, sure. uh, the ship will send him back up to the surface. Uh, but if the weights don't drop when he pulls the trigger on him, there's a backup release that corrodes in seawater within a fixed period of time to automatically cut the weights so mm-hmm. that he can go back to the surface. So like if for some reason the pressure fucks something up and he's trapped in the bottom of the ocean, there's like a locking mechanism that will corrode within a specific number of hours. So this whatever submarine thing that he was in it was not propelled in any way like when he got to the bottom could he move around yeah he moved around at the bottom so it also had some sort of small motor on it yep okay because the the bathyscaphe thing in the in 1960 they had some sort of system they had a cylinder that could be opened to allow water in and so to to sink it, they just kept allowing more water in, and then they were able to expel it back out somehow. Oh, crazy. To return up to the surface. That's crazy. And I don't think they had a backup plan. I was going to say, that to me seems like, uh, that seems like, uh, yeah. I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah, because you got to wonder, too, you don't know, isn't the... Oftentimes the water at different, I guess, elevations or different depths 
can be more or less dense too, based on the salt, uh, like the amount of salt in it. I don't have any scientific knowledge behind me saying, yes, that sounds about right. Well, I, I know at least I've read about there are uh, channels or rivers basically under the ocean at different depths. Sure. That is that are based on either the temperature or the density of the water. So like a right. really briny, super salty water will sit below less salty water because oh, it's actually heavier. It's almost like drilling layers of like rock in the earth or whatever. Like, like you get down to different layers of sediment right, or whatever. Right. So that would seem extra dangerous if you didn't necessarily know the density of the water on, that you were yeah. descending into or taking on. Oh, yeah, if you, you might get to a point where it would seem like you could get to a point where you could get stuck part way too. Right. right. Dude, it's it all terrifies what, me, man. Yeah, it, it's it, so it's so adventurous, I guess, for lack of a better word. Like these guys sure. did not know what they were getting into. Right. They had no, they didn't even know that there could be, before this 1960 expedition, that there could be life down there. Sure. They yeah. looked out the window and saw a fish and they're like, oh shit, there are fish down here. Right. No one knew before that. Right. And now we know that there's life all the way to the bottom and even in the sediment underneath the ocean floor, Damn. there's bacteria and living stuff. Like yeah. up to a mile below the floor of the ocean, there is still life. What if there's like a super fuel down there or like a super food? There's probably fucking everything down there, man. That's true. We is got there... colossal squids down there. Colossal squids. We have squids. whales that go down to those depths to hunt squid. I found uh We got totally. fucking megalodon down there. Dude. I found an article that said that, um, to your point about uh, knowing that a whale dove at least 9,000 feet deep. Yeah. A lot of that happens from... Uh, it's generally from tracking tags. So like, you know, the catch and release tagging of an animal. And mm -hmm. then how do you catch a whale? Um, I don't know if they catch them or if maybe Very they just carefully. Yeah, for real. Or if they just like roll up on them and shoot a little tag into his side <laughs> or you, fin bitch. or something. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> Watch out, big bitch. <laughs> very, very big. But one of the articles I found said that, um, I even had that one. Gotcha, bitch. Hey, <laughs> there it is. Um, timing is everything. Yeah. Right. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed the timing on that one. Um, that a tagged great white shark was found to have, uh, well, they thought dove somewhere in the realm of like seven or 8,000 feet, which is way too deep for great whites to uh, actually swim to. Okay. And when they went to like go find the tag of that shark, it was dead. Like they found it in mm. like just the tag basically and it just sunk well the presumption is that a bigger great white that is capable of living that far down came up ate the tag of the big great yeah, white great whites eat each other sometimes cannibal giant great whites yeah could also be down there yeah probably Pro are probably are yeah dude dude the the scale is so crazy too like Blue whales are the largest thing on earth that we know of, but they only exist at whatever, a couple thousand feet deep usually. Right. And there's another 10 times that. How do we, we have no idea. And I would assume, well, would it make more sense for animals that live under really high pressure to be bigger or smaller? 
Because you were saying a really big shark would have had to come from deeper to eat the other great white. I would imagine you'd have to be bigger to be able to like sustain. But uh, there's a lot of little organisms and shit down there. And you got to have a food supply somehow too. There would have to be other reasonably large animals for you to be eating, right? I mean, unless you come. And you got no light. How do you have life with no light? That like, we haven't talked about this yet, but bioluminescent animals. Right. And the animals that live around the, uh, like the, the vents, the heat vents on the ocean floor. Yeah, man. There's shrimp that, so the ocean is usually like 30 some degrees that deep because it's just barely liquid and there's no light and there's nothing to heat it. Yep. There are shrimps, shrimps, scrimps, scramps <laughs> that will live next to these, uh, I forget what the, the word is, uh, geothermal vents. Yep. And the water like right, directly adjacent to these vents is up to 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Jesus. Is that First of it's... all, how does water get to 800 degrees? Well, isn't it releasing like hot gas from inside the earth? Yeah, which I guess must be hotter than the water and temporarily how do you, I didn't think you could heat water past boiling though. Well, if it's surrounded by maybe all the, that, the gas being expelled is 800 degrees. I would imagine the gas being expelled is 800 degrees and then the temperatures surrounding it are probably equally or extremely high. It's pro- it, how you, though? Are you boiling water that far down? Oh, cuz pressure has a lot to do with the boiling point too. Right. So maybe the pressure makes the boiling point of water. Jesus, we're getting into some real science yeah, here. It's sounding seriously, real dumb. There, someone who has one degree more than us is just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> somebody somebody tweet us and help us out with pressure and boiling points. I think higher pressure would require a higher boiling point. So maybe that's the answer. I'm going to believe you because I have nothing to say in contrary. Somebody either confirm that or tell us that we're morons, please. At what if pod on Twitter. Yes. But just the, I, I think the craziest part about the whole what if we could map the oceans thing to me is it h- hugely expands the range of what we thought or what we usually think is possible yes. in terms of life. Absolutely. We have things that can live at 300 to 400 times the pressure that we have at the surface of the earth. We have things that can either live in freezing freezing cold temperatures like a lake underneath a mile of ice or we have things that can live at 800 degrees fahrenheit right we have things that can live where there is no light ever right they have never seen light right we have things that animals that are suspected of somehow performing photosynthesis without light i don't even know what that would mean because photosynthesis has the word photo in it. <laughs> it requires you a very are synthesizing specific thing. light into something else. Yeah. But all this stuff that doesn't seem like it should be possible, just by like kind of barely dipping our toe into it, we know that this huge range of stuff is possible. And and, and, I, and that's exploring 0.05% of it. And when we say exploring, that's mapping it to a distance of right. a fucking three miles across. That's right. nothing. We can't see, we don't learn anything about what's down there from that. Right. And I, and I think to your point about that, I think the, the crazy thing that I then tack onto that is we've spent so much time above the water figuring out how ecosystems work. How do these animals and these plants and these trees 
and these rocks. And we're leaving out 99% of it. Yeah. How do all those things talk to each other to make this shit work? And it's and 1% of what's on the planet. And we have no fucking idea. I mean, obviously, yes, there are people that know some things and we've done dives and we've taken samples from certain places. But generally speaking, from like a much broader perspective, there's a fucking lot we don't know. And that to yeah. me is so crazy, especially with the way that like, not to like fucking go down this trail, but like the way that we just go like, fuck it, put it in the ocean. Like, right. Trash, put it in the ocean. We make whole plastic, islands out, out of plastic. Put it in the ocean. But also the things that are down there at 10,000 feet probably would never know. I mean, they will eventually. That's the problem. Maybe. We're acidifying it and doing all that shit. And we're going to get super fish. We already have them, apparently, if there's get the cannibalistic fucking, the fucking three-eyed sharks. fish from The Simpsons and everything will be fine. <laughs> or from Finding Nemo. Huh? The big three-eyed fish and finding no the the bioluminescent. You're thinking of the lady with three boobs from Total Recall. That is, I have not seen Total Recall. Remember, fuck. But I have seen Finding Nemo. What? (laughs) What about Finding Dory? Hell yeah, I cried so hard in that movie. I haven't seen it yet. You got me. Oh man, I win. Oh, that means we have to stop the episode right now. I won. (laughs) I saw a movie Spencer hasn't seen. Uh, Yeah, I guess we're we're about that time. Yeah, we we can. uh, I suppose we can wrap there. Um. I guess a couple just quick announcements. Again, uh, if you guys want to check out uh, patreon.com slash what if podcasts, uh, check it out. That would be much appreciated. Yeah, we would love it if you guys wanted to support. I promise we're going to give you some fun shit in return. We're going to uh, maybe start filming some of our episodes behind the scenes in the in the studio. Um, like you, we said. Give you some free stuff once in a while. Give yeah. you an extra episode once in a while. Yeah, we've got some fun ideas for some fun bonus episodes that we haven't really talked about yet. So um, there'll, be, there'll be a lot more content coming through there so go ahead and check that out um at what if bought on twitter we've been uh engaging readily with y'all like every day so come come at us and we'll we'll play with you oh also uh those of you that have been asking about it, there is a facebook group set up now oh yeah um that did happen thanks yeah. uh thanks gabriel for doing that yeah so if you want to i think if you just search let me try it real quick if you just search what if podcast on facebook was a liborn uh yeah under groups there you go the what if podcast group well looky there so do a do a little google search for the what if podcast or a facebook search for the what if podcast and uh there's some discussion about episodes and uh ryan and i are admins out so we might throw an announcement in there once in a while um but yeah that's a good place to Hang out with other people who are listening to the show and talk about weird shit if you want to talk about weird shit. For sure. It's also a good place to get our attention if you want to throw an episode recommendation at us or ask questions or if you guys want to post links to other stuff, uh, we will definitely be playing around in there. And then lastly, if you also want to do any of that stuff but you want to share directly with us, hi at whatifpodcast.com. You can send us an email uh, and that's where we'll be. Or you can visit us on the interwebs at whatifpodcast.com. That's us. That's us. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much. Um, we friggin' love you. And um, we'll see you in about a week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. And uh, whatever you're looking for. Oh, man. I hope you find it. All right, Squad, be safe. <laughs> and, and when you're 30, 33,000 feet below the water, whatever you're looking for down there. Oh, man. I hope you find it. <laughs> if you get stuck in a submarine, don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, you can drink your own sweat. (laughs)
you next time on another episode of the What If Podcast.